Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Thursday, March 18th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Washington University students are leaving sororities and fraternities in large numbers. They say the organizations contribute to racism and sexism on campus. The rose-colored glasses of the experience, um, that wore off pretty quickly. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney reports on the changing social powers at WashU. Members of the Missouri National Guard will be in the St. Louis region next week, giving the COVID-19 vaccine to thousands of people. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports. State officials expect to vaccinate approximately 14,000 people at the state vaccination clinics in the area next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Vaccinations will take place at St. Louis Community College, Forest Park, Queenie Park in West St. Louis County, and Family Arena in St. Charles. St. Louis Mayor Lida Cruson said the vaccination events were welcome news. During a Facebook Live event Wednesday afternoon, she said she expected the supply of vaccine to increase significantly in the next few months. It's been the scarcity of the vaccine It's going to shift from that to the ability to get those shots in arms. 13% of St. Louis residents have received their first dose of the vaccine, compared with 20% of residents statewide. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. Advocates for people with disabilities in the region say many homebound residents need help getting the vaccine. St. Louis County is partnering with area fire districts to bring the medication to people with disabilities who can't leave their homes. Amy Waymeyer is president of Paraquad, which provides services to those with disabilities. She says it's important to help people who can't drive to vaccine distribution sites. It's challenging because, you know, particularly if there's barriers around transportation or getting to a facility, you know, sometimes all of a sudden there's um, extra vaccines, but it takes a bit more coordination. St. Louis County Executive Sam Page says the county plans to fully launch its homebound vaccination program this week. More than 100 women will start a free program this month with the nonprofit Rung for Women to help secure better paying jobs. St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff spoke with one person about her hopes for the program. Before the pandemic hit, 31-year-old Sarah Weitzel felt like her family was on the edge of financial prosperity. But then she lost her retail job, her house, and her health when her whole family contracted COVID-19. Weitzel says being accepted into the Rung for Women program has already helped her stop blaming herself for feeling stuck. And I'm moving out of that into a really bigger mindset of just being like, oh my gosh, it was like half the country, you know, half the country and mostly women who all faced at varying levels the exact same experience. Weitzel's looking forward to having access to a therapist and career coaching. She wants to transfer her skills to another industry with more career opportunities. The nonprofit's big picture goal is to rebuild St. Louis's middle class. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. A proposal at the Illinois legislature would ban cities from making rules to limit people's ability to grow vegetables on their property. The Right to Garden Act would still allow Illinois cities to regulate water usage, control invasive species, and have a say on the height of fences and structures. Elmhurst resident Nicole Virgil says she is fighting the city to place a building in her backyard to protect her garden in the winter. It didn't occur to us that there would be a problem with covering the garden in the winter because there's gazebos and shade cloths and outdoor living rooms and, you know, all kinds of different structures all over town. So we just thought this would be another type of structure. 
The proposed Right to Garden Act comes as gardening experiences a resurgence during the pandemic. Hundreds of Washington University students have quit Greek life organizations. They say the groups contribute to racism and sexism within the university. As St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney reports, some are working to abolish the Greek system. Nana Kusi pledged a sorority her sophomore year, looking to expand her social circle. Kusi, who is black and originally from Ghana, says she knew joining a traditional white sorority could be problematic. There were definitely red flags at a lot of points, but a lot of those were sort of just calmed by the environment in which you're in. It's very peppy. There's a lot of chanting. Everybody's smiling. Everybody wants to get to know you. The extroverted Kusi, now a junior, says she initially got a buzz from meeting so many new people during the rush process. But looking back, she noticed she and other Black students were being paired with sorority sisters who looked like them. The rose-colored glasses of the experience, um, that wore off pretty quickly. She says she realized the relationships were not genuine. Kusi quit Alpha Phi in July through a process known as deactivation. The wave of departures by her and hundreds of others traces back to a social media post made last summer in which a WashU student made a detailed accusation of racism in a sorority. A year ago, more than a third of students belonged to one of more than two dozen fraternities and sororities. Since the summer, nearly half of them have canceled their memberships. Two sororities completely folded. Early indications show fewer students signed up to take part in Rush this spring, but the university says it doesn't have official numbers yet. Senior John Harry Wagner quit the Beta Theta Pi fraternity last year. He says he and others tried to make reforms and even talked with the National Beta Organization. And the problem I think we kept running into is the fact that the system is not made to create safety for the people within it. And comparably, the system is not made to be inclusive. Fraternities on campus have a lot of sway over the social scene because they have campus houses and can hold parties. Wagner says they tried to make those parties safer for women and others. In the end, when a group of a whole bunch of men own a house where you throw a party to mix with women, it can't really be safe. National Greek letter organizations and their oversight bodies say they understand the need to change. They say they're committed to making their organizations more inclusive and welcoming. Danny Weatherford, CEO of the National Panhellenic Conference, one of two sorority umbrella organizations, says those conversations have been put on fast forward. The modern sorority woman or the modern Panhellenic sorority woman is increasingly diverse. WashU Interim Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs Rob Wild says addressing students' concerns is more complicated than just kicking the frats off campus. Chapters could simply relocate or operate in the shadows without oversight. We're certainly listening to the students that are bringing these concerns forward, and we always support our students to work to try to create the type of campus environment that they want as students. But for Kusi and other students, total abolishment from campus is the only solution for a social system built around exclusion. Because it's really a question, at least for me, about the value system that we have at this university. Are we going to choose to institutionalize systems of racism and misogyny and classism? Is this really what we're going to put our weight and our money behind? Because, Kusi adds, any organization should be about everyone making friends with anyone, not a select few. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio.
Our Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.